Please be seated. And we're going to do things a little bit differently this morning, so we're not going to have the Bible reading as we would normally do separately to the talk. We're going to have it within the talk, and uh, we're all going to do it together. So I'm going to tell you at which points you're going to read, at which points I'm going to read, and at which points uh, Connor, who is going to play the part of Joseph, is going to read. Uh, Hopefully when you came in you were given a script, um, and I'll be dividing you up into different places. The bits that you'll need to read will be in bold, okay? And just um, be enthusiastic, read nice and loudly and clearly, and that will make it fun for us. Let's, Let's pray as we come to God's Word together. To Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, this opportunity to meet together and gather as your people. And we thank you, Father God, that you speak to us through your word. We pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts and minds, that we would know you better, and that we would live for you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I wonder if you follow um, a map when you go on a journey. So this week I had to go to a meeting in London. I'd been there before, but I kind of knew the way. I wasn't entirely sure. I went on my bike. I typed it into um, Google Maps beforehand. I thought, okay, I can roughly follow that. I stopped once or twice to check I was going in the right direction, and I got there uh, in the end. Our reading this morning from Genesis 42 and 43 is a bit like a map. It's about two journeys, or really one and a half journeys that God's people make, uh, sorry, that Joseph's brothers make, God's people, from Canaan to Egypt and back to Canaan again. It's a journey from their home to the place where there's food. It's a journey from not saved to saved. I wonder if you can remember uh, the story so far. So, um, here we go. Here's um, Joseph. He's being thrown into the pit. Do you remember, what did Joseph's brothers think about Joseph? Anyone want to tell me? They hated him. They hated him. Why did they hate him? Because his father treated him as the favorite, and he gave him that stupid multicolored coat. They hated him so much, they thought, let's kill him. They, they threw him in a pit, then they changed their minds, and they thought, actually, let's just make some money out of him instead. And so they sold him as a slave, And he was taken down to Egypt, and whilst he was in Egypt, he worked for Potiphar, and he did really well in Potiphar's house until something happened with Potiphar's wife, and he was thrown unfairly into prison, but God was with him in prison. And what happened whilst he was there in prison, um, these two men uh, in the prison, they had these dreams, and Joseph said, oh, I know how to interpret dreams. Well, actually, he said, God knows how to interpret dreams. Let me tell you what your dreams mean. Uh, the dreams came true. And then a bit later on, one of those men, he said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, that I know a man who can interpret dreams because Pharaoh had had dreams that had really worried him. And so Joseph went to Pharaoh and he told him what the dreams were about. And he said, there's going to be seven good years, loads and loads of food, seven bad years of famine, And Pharaoh said, you're a clever man. You can be my prime minister. And so he became the prime minister. And then when the famine came, it was Joseph's job to provide food for the world. So that's where we've got to, the beginning of chapter 42. Joseph is prime minister of Egypt. He's providing food for the whole world. The whole world is coming to Egypt to buy food from Joseph. And that includes Joseph's brothers. They are in a place, their home in Canaan, they are not saved. And they need to get to saved. They need to get from hungry place to food place. 
and they need to take food back to their home so that they don't die. This is how the story starts, Genesis 42. When Jacob learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you just keep looking at each other? He continued, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us so that we may live and not die. Then 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt, but Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brothers, with the others because he was afraid that harm might come to him. So Israel's sons were among those who went to buy grain, for there was famine in the land of Canaan also. Well, the Bible says to you and me, we are also on a journey from not saved to saved, or we might say from death to life. And the question is, how do we get from death to life? How do we follow the journey from not saved to saved? Following Jesus is all about going on that journey. Where do we start from? We're going to see four points on a map. And the first point is this, deceived by sin. That's where we all start. We are all deceived by sin. Now we're going to read, okay? Connor's going to come up here. Uh, I've asked Connor to uh, get, he's a bit smarter than you might notice normally, although he hasn't got a tie because he doesn't, he didn't pack a tie when he came a year and a half ago. So, um, Connor is, Connor, come and stand here. Everyone will see you a bit more clearly then. Connor is Joseph. He's the Prime Minister of Egypt. And you are uh, Joseph. Okay, so we're going to read scene one. Genesis 42, verses 6 to 17. I'm the narrator. You're the brothers. And you're going to read the words in bold. Okay? Joseph's, um, and Connor's going to read Joseph's lines. Verse 6. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? He asked. They replied, Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Then he remembered his dreams about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. They answered, No, he said to them, You have come to see where our land is unprotected. But they replied, Joseph said to them, It is just as I told you. You are spies, and this is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of your number to get your brother. The rest of you will be kept in prison, so that your words may be tested to see if you are telling the truth. If you are not, then as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. And he put them all in custody for three days. So the brothers, they don't realize who Joseph is. Joseph knows who they are, but he doesn't tell them. He pretends not to know who they are. Instead, he accuses them. What does he accuse them of being? Spies. And they say, no, we're not spies. We are honest men. 
Well, can you see what is happening? They say, Joseph says, we're spies. Joseph, they say, no, we're not. We're honest men. Joseph is deceiving his brothers because he recognizes them, but they don't recognize him, and he pretends that he doesn't know who they are. But being deceived is what they deserve because they are also deceiving themselves. You see, they definitely are not honest men. They were not honest, were they, when they took that robe of that stupid coat, that multicolored coat, and they dipped it in blood and they, they showed it to their father. They're not honest men. The Bible tells us that sin is deceitful. It lies to us. It tricks us. And it makes us think things about ourselves that are not true. We say some things, don't we? Maybe we say, that happened a long time ago. Maybe we say, well, I'm truthful most of the time. Maybe we say to ourselves, there's more good here in me than bad. Maybe we say, it's not all my faults. We deceive ourselves into thinking that we're good enough for God. But God knows the truth, like Joseph knows the truth about his brothers. And we all start off in this place on the journey, deceived by sin. And if we want to go on the journey from not saved to saved, from death to life, we need to realize that. And that's the next stop on the map. So the next stop on the map is this, convinced of guilt. Convinced of guilt. Let's read um, scene two. Let's turn the page. Scene two, chapter 42, verses 18 to 20. On the third day, Joseph said to them, Do this, and you will live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in prison, while the rest of you go and take grain back for your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother to me, so that your words may be verified, and that you may not die. This they proceeded to do. They said to one another, Brilliant. We're going to pause there. So, um, Joseph's brothers, do you remember, they changed their mind about what to do with Joseph. First, their first plan was, let's kill him. And then they changed their mind and they thought, actually, no, let's sell him. So they had one plan, they changed their mind and they came up with another plan. Did you notice that Joseph had one plan, he changes his mind and he comes up with another plan. First of all, he says, you've all got to stay here and one of you can go home to buy grain And then he changes his mind and he thinks, actually, no, just one of you can stay here and the rest of you can go back. So what's happening is that what happened to Joseph is now happening to the brothers. God is showing the brothers their sin. It's a bit like um, when a traffic warden takes a picture of your car and put a picture of your car with the Uh, information about when you're not allowed to park there and sends that to you in the post to prove that you were wrong. God is taking Joseph's brothers onto this next stop on their journey, convinced of guilt. Now we're going to read the next bit. We're going to split. Okay, so this side of the church, you're the brothers, and uh, that side over there, you're Reuben. Okay, so this side of the brothers, that side Reuben. Okay, verse 42 um, So chapter 42, verse uh, 22. Reuben replied, 
Oh, let's start again. Let's start again. This side and everybody at the back, you can be Reuben because this is a, they need a little bit of help. Okay, let's go again. Reuben replied. They did not realize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. Um, we'll pause there. We'll pause there. So the brothers, they hadn't forgotten how they treated Joseph. They, they're thinking, do you remember what it was like when he begged us for his life? And, and Reuben, Reuben says, well, he tries to wriggle out of it. He says, it wasn't really my fault. I tried to make things a little bit better, but they're all just as guilty as each other. It doesn't feel nice when God shows us that we're guilty. But it's a good thing when God shows us that we're guilty. Maybe he reminds us of how we treated someone unkindly. Maybe he reminds us of how we lied about something or something we took that didn't belong to us. Maybe he reminds us in our hearts of moments when we were angry or jealous or unforgiving. But God does want to forgive us our sin. But first of all, he needs to show us our guilt. Because if we don't think we're guilty, we're never going to ask to be forgiven. We're never going to ask to be saved. Jesus said that that is one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of guilt. That is one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit. So we start off deceived by sin. God sends us his Holy Spirit to convince us that we're guilty. Not to make us feel bad, but because he loves us and wants to, be, wants to save us. Like, a bit like Joseph loves his brothers and wants to save them. Let me read verse 24. Joseph turned away from them and began to weep, but then came back and spoke to them again. He had Simeon taken from them and bound before their eyes. Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain, to put each man's silver back in his sack, and to give them provisions for their journey. After this was done for them, they loaded their grain on their donkeys and left. Okay, you're all the brothers this bit. At the place where they stopped for the night, one of them opened his sack to get feed for his donkey, and he saw his silver in the mouth of his sack. My silver has been in he said to his brothers, Their hearts sank, and they turned to each other trembling and said, What is this Brilliant. So they stop there on their journey and they see some silver in the sack. Joseph, I, th I don't think he's trying to make them feel guilty at this point. I think he just loves them and he wants to be kind to them and he wants to give them the food for free. But they open the bags and one of them sees the silver in the bags and they say to themselves in verse 28, what is this that God has done to us? They see the silver and they don't feel better. They feel worse than before. They realize that God is on their case. God sees all their sin and they can't hide from him. Well, maybe that is how we feel as well. Maybe God is at work in our lives at the moment, showing us our sin. We can't hide it. We need to be convinced of guilt if we want to go on that journey from not saved to saved. But there's a dangerous dead end. There's a dead end, a cul-de-sac on the journey, and we need to be careful of it. That's the next scene. Giving up hope. Giving up hope. 
So Joseph's brothers, they get um, home. Here they are, they're telling Jacob what happened. They said, oh, Simeon, he had to stay in Egypt. The man said that Simeon had to stay in Egypt and we've got to come home, we've got to get Benjamin and we've got to come back. We're going to skip a few verses. We're on verse um, 35, scene three. Um, and, okay, so the side that these... That side in the back, you're Reuben. This bit here, you're Jacob, okay? Verse 35. As they were emptying their sacks, there in each man's sack was his pouch of silver. So now all ten of them find their silver returned in their sacks. When they and their father saw the money pouches, they were frightened. Their father Jacob said to them, You have deprived me of my children. Joseph is not then Reuben said to his father, But Jacob said, His brother is dead, and he is the only one left. If harm comes to him on the journey you are taking, you will bring my great head down to the grave Great. Well, and so they see all the money in the sacks and the brothers are frightened and Jacob is frightened with them. And do you notice what Jacob starts to do? He starts to think, you're not telling me everything. You say you're honest men. I'm not so sure. And then he blames them. And he says, it's all your fault. But actually, it started with him, didn't it? It started with him treating Joseph as the favorite. It was his favoritism towards Joseph that made the other brothers jealous. And he doesn't admit that. In fact, what he does is he repeats that sin. And he says, now I've got another favorite, Benjamin. And the rest of you, you're ruining everything. He keeps on blaming the others. He is arriving at this dead end of giving up hope. And it, it's possible that we can get to that dead end of giving up hope as well. And a sign that we might be getting there is when we just blame other people. And we don't take any responsibility for ourselves. We don't say sorry. And we just blame our parents or our upbringing. Or we blame um, our husband or wife. Or we blame our children. Or we blame circumstances in the world around us. We think it's everyone else's fault. And we start to give up hope like Jacob did. Or maybe we start to give up hope like Reuben did. It's a bit odd what Reuben says, isn't it? He says, you can kill both of my two sons if I don't look after um, Benjamin. I wonder if Reuben is there thinking, I just cannot live with what has happened. Because you remember, Reuben was the one who said, actually, let's, let's put him in this pit. And then Reuben was thinking, I'm going to come back and rescue him and take him back to dad. Maybe Reuben just feels so guilty that he couldn't do that, that he thinks, I've just got to punish myself. Hopelessness can make us say and do very odd things. It can make us get stuck in the dead end of self-pity. It can make us blame ourselves or punish ourselves. But hopelessness is a dead end. There is a much better way to go. This is the last stop on the journey. Trusting in mercy. Trusting in mercy. This is chapter 43. 
So there are two things that change Jacob's mind. Look at the first one. Um, let me read to you verse, verses 1 and 2. Now the famine was still severe in the land, so when they had eaten all the grain they had brought back from Egypt, their father Jacob said to them, go back and buy us a little more food. The first thing that changes Jacob's mind is his stomach. He's hungry, and he thinks, I'm going to die if we don't do something. But the next thing that persuades him to change his mind is his brother. So one of his sons, uh, Judah. Judah persuades him to change his mind. Now, um, I'd like you to be uh, the brothers again, and uh, Connor, you're going to be Judah this time for us. So um, I'll be Israel. You're the brothers, so you need to speak in verse 7, and um, Connor is going to be Judah. Judah said to him, the man warned us solemnly, you will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. If you will send our brother along with us, we will go down and buy food for you. But if you will not send him, we will not go down because the man said to us, you will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. Israel asked, why did you bring this trouble on me by telling, me the, man you, by telling the man you had another brother? They replied... and our family. Is your father still living? He asked us. Do you have another brother? We simply answered his questions. How are we to know he would say, bring your brother down here? Then Judah said to Israel his father, send the boy along with me and we will go at once so that we and you and our children may live and not die. I myself will guarantee his safety. You can hold me personally responsible for him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him here before you, I will bear the blame before you all my life. As it is, if we had not delayed, we could have gone and returned twice. Brilliant. First of all, he changes his mind thinking, I'm hungry, we've got to do something. And then Judah speaks to him, and Judah changes his mind. You see, Jacob has tried to forget that the man in Egypt said that Benjamin has got to come. But Judah says, you can't forget that. We've got no other choice, Dad. If we don't take Benjamin, we're going to die. We need to take our chances. We need to trust the man in Egypt. You see, Judah knows that Benjamin is precious to Jacob. But Judah knew that Jacob has to give up the most precious thing in his life if he wants to be saved, if he wants to live and not die. Jesus knew that too. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus says to you and me today, you've got to take your chances with God. It might feel risky, but you've got no other choice. If you don't trust him, you'll die. Jesus says to us, you've got to give up the most precious thing in your life, the things that you love the most. Jesus says you've got to think about your favorite things and you've got to say they're not as important as trusting God. You've got to take your life and say my life is my most precious thing. I've got to put it in God's hand. Uh, trust him to forgive me and take away my sin and take away my guilt. That is called trusting 
in mercy. Now, it might feel risky, but it's worth it. Let me read the last bit of the story. Verse 11. Then their father Israel said to them, If it must be, then do this. Put some of the best products of the land in your bags and take them down to the man as a gift, a little balm and a little honey, some spices and myrrh, some pistachio nuts and almonds. Take double the amount of silver with you, for you must return the silver that was put back into the mouths of your sacks. Perhaps it was a mistake. Take your brother also and go back to the man at once. And may God Almighty grant you mercy before the man, so that he will not let your other so that he will let your other brother and Benjamin come back with you. As for me, if I am bereaved, I am bereaved. So the men took the gifts and doubled the amount of silver and Benjamin also. They hurried down to Egypt and presented themselves to Joseph. Jacob gives in. Okay? He gives in. He says to the brothers, Okay, take some treats to this man in Egypt, maybe that'll help a little bit. And he prays to God. He puts his life and his son's lives in the hands of the man in Egypt, and most importantly of all, in the hands of God. He doesn't know what's going to happen next, but he trusts God's mercy. Well, I've got a map at home stuck up on uh, my fridge. It's a map of a northern part of, part of northern Italy where we're going to go on holiday this summer, and it's there to try to help me think about where are we going to go, where are we going to stay? How are we going to get from one place to another? We need to have a map in our minds, a map which is from not saved to saved, like Jacob, Joseph's brothers did from Canaan to Egypt and back again, from not saved to saved. We start off deceived by sin. We think we're good enough for God. Sin lies to us, sin tricks us. We need to travel from there to convinced by guilt. God's Holy Spirit shows us that we can't hide from God. Maybe God has started to do that for you today. If he has, be careful not to go down the dead end of giving up hope, not to go down the dead end of self-pity and despair and blaming other people. God says, if you've got there, move on. Trust in mercy. Risk your most precious things. Risk your life with Jesus. Give your whole life to him. Trust him to save you. Well, how can we be sure, as we finish, that that is worth the risk? Do you remember what um, Judah said to his dad? He said, I myself will guarantee his safety. You can hold me personally responsible for him. Throughout the story of Joseph, Joseph is an amazing picture of Jesus. At this little point, Judah is an amazing picture of Jesus. Because Judah says, I will be responsible for them. The Bible says here, Hebrews 7, verse 25, Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Because he died to pay the price for our sin and take away our guilt. He rose again to give us everlasting hope. He lives in heaven today guarantee mercy from God. Judah said to his dad, if we had not delayed, we could have gone and returned twice. We're wasting time. If you haven't yet put your trust in Jesus today, don't waste any more time. Should we bow our heads and pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for showing us the way to be saved. 
Thank you for showing it to us in this story of Joseph and his brothers. Lord, please help us not to be deceived by our sin. Please convince us that we're guilty. Please help us not to give up hope. Please help us to trust in your mercy. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.